1: Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So, Taylor Swift um, is living proof. There is a stalker crisis among celebrities because uh, a stalker who was very persistent and also very troubling has shown up at her place again, again, again within, after within getting days, arrested.
2: Within days of his arrest, uh, this guy we told you about, you know, he showed up at her place over the weekend in New York, outside her townhouse. This is him getting arrested on Monday evening uh, because once he got out of jail, he made a beeline back for that townhouse. uh, And Taylor's security, as well as neighbors in the area, noticed him sort of nosing around, hanging around outside, acting erratically. They called police and they ended up nabbing him about a block away from her home. But it is uh, just evidence of something we've been telling you about, in fact, we chronicled it in uh, our latest documentary about the challenges that celebrities have with people who are obsessed with them and showing up on their doorstep or worse. Um, And what do you do when someone apparently either, and I don't know in this case, but we've seen in other
1: cases, dealing with mental illness um, and- Well, whatever it is. Whatever it it is. It could be mental illness. It could just be somebody who just, creates this relationship mm-hmm. with the celebrity. But look, I mean, this documentary that we did, um, which is now on Hulu, um, I gotta tell you, um, one of the things we get into is Taylor Swift. This is the 16th stalker that we know of that she has had. And you will hear her in this documentary. And this, to me, this is so alarming that she carries wound dressing and has that at her home because so many of these stalkers have shown up armed and she is concerned about the possibility of getting shot. And that that she needs to survive, that's right. And so, look, you know, after the first arrest, they automatically get restraining orders against them. But these are people who are the least likely to obey a restraining order because of this kind of obsession and fantasy world that they've created. Um, And Taylor Swift is, again, living proof that the laws don't protect these celebrities. What does she do? Other than to have security uh, create this Taylor, blanket. You yeah, Harvey,
3: I mean, you've, you've spoken about this a number of times. If someone is determined to stalk and harass someone, a piece of paper written with a judge's signature on it isn't really going to deter them. And it goes to your question right. of what is the solution here? Because these people develop sort of parasocial relationships with uh, these celebrities through their Instagrams and think they're speaking with them directly. It's a really t- difficult problem, especially this day and age, probably even more difficult than in the past, where there was some divide between celebrities and, and normal people. The one one thing that Taylor Swift in particular has going
2: for, is as successful as she is, that she does have a vast security team. and A
1: vast security team, but still, this that guy always has to respond,
2: right? That, and, and they always have to be at the ready. At, and the other challenge for Taylor is that she has several homes, and we've seen over the years that these people, these uh, obsessed fans, or stalkers in some cases, have shown up at almost all of her homes. That's right. Um,
0: just the fact that he keeps showing up, you know, within days apart of each other just shows you that he's not taking no for an answer.
1: He's not taking no for an answer. And now the question is, what does he do next time? Well, because well, be again, interesting to see what the authorities do. Well, at this no, point, but right? because the authorities look, here's what's going to happen. He was on her block, and they tackled him, and they arrested him, and he's probably violated the restraining order. And that is a misdemeanor. He didn't do anything violent. So if he goes to jail, it's going to be for a couple of days, and he gets out, and he could do it again next Saturday. And that's what people like Taylor Swift are faced with, that these are these these restraining orders don't have teeth unless somebody gets really serious and violent. Right. So it'll be a couple of days. The guy gets out. So what's the solution? The only solution that we've seen in producing this documentary is... They need, these celebrities need a lot of money because it costs several million dollars a year to really create that perimeter around a celebrity to keep them safe or as, as safe as they can. And most celebrities don't have that kind of money. They just don't. Right. And so the answer is they're vulnerable. And that doesn't sound like a great answer, but that's the answer that we came up with in this documentary.
4: Hi hey, Michael, Jersey City. Um, It is very unfortunate that people, even as successful as Taylor Swift, have to deal with these stalkers or um, mentally unstable people. I've lived in New York City for nine years, and I myself have experienced situations where we've had to call the police They have somebody escorted away. And then days, if not even sometimes, actually later that day, they come back. You know, it just goes to show you that even with all the success and money in the world, that doesn't necessarily stop other people from trying to either attack you or do something to you and that you're always at the hands of another person.
1: Well, and also the, the fact if, if they are that successful, it actually fuels it and that's the problem. Yeah. Okay, we are gonna move on. Yes. Big day
2: today in Hollywood. Indeed, the Oscar
1: nominations
2: came out and there was one big surprise. Two. 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 Oh, yeah, right. But both related to the same movie, and that would be Barbie. So uh, Barbie did get nominated for Best Picture, but it was not nominated for Best Director. Uh, Greta Gerwig did not get that. Which is really surprising. Yeah, I'm really surprised by that one. And then maybe a little less surprising was the fact that Barbie herself, Margot Robbie, did not get a nomination. You know who did get a nomination? This so plays off the movie, too. Ken. <laughs> Ken got the nomination, not Barbie. Uh, Ryan Gosling was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah,
3: I mean, look, it's it's you win some, you lose some. You can't win them all. In my opinion, Ryan Gosling was, in fact, worthy of a nomination because he was, he was acting his ass off in that movie. He was ridiculous and goofy. He stirred emotion and laughter. Whereas I would argue Margot Robbie, at least in my opinion, didn't she just kind of was just doing her Margot Robbie thing, going through the motions? Yes, she carried the movie as the main star, as the main character. But like, I wasn't really moved by her performance particularly myself. So, but, in but my you opinion, just hit the
0: sn- nail on the head. Ken Ryan Gosling was acting Margot just because she's herself as Barbie. She is literally Barbie. Yeah, so her, her real life persona is her. Barbie
3: for sure. Yes. No,
0: no,
2: well, I I don't think that's No, right. that's not true. But I, I think to, I think what Fabian is saying is when you watch the movie. The character of Barbie is sort of the straight man, as uh, for
1: setting up all the other things can that are I happening around. Can I ask something? So, because I, I personally—that's the only think, justification. I look, can see. Uh, I think Ryan Gosling is a great actor, and I, I really am a fan of his. I watched this movie; it didn't land with me the way it landed with everybody else in the world, and he was fine, but uh, Oscar-worthy?
3: I, well, I mean, Harvey, it sounds like you don't think. Barbie at all is Oscar-worthy, so if you're so in that he wouldn't camp, have, he wouldn't not, you have nominated can't even be part movie. of this conversation because we're all for Barbie. I'm happy that whoa, whoa, it got nominated. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. What do you mean? we're all for Barbie? But, but, but here's the
0: thing. That. It got nominated for Best Picture, right? But then the director, Greta Gerwig, who directed the movie that's nominated for Best Picture, she doesn't get... Well, that happens. She doesn't get nominated for Best Director. Yeah, that that's happens. so strange. But I, no, but that I really
2: happens. did think she would be nominated. I am surprised by that one. But she was nominated for uh, Best Original Screenplay. You know who's in my camp? Oliver Stone.
1: Oliver yeah, Stone is well. What I can. He
2: is, but he's backpedaled and he did it, I think, <laughs> um, very this is great timing because he apologized yesterday before the nominations came out uh, for something he had said last summer about Ryan Gosling in particular. He had said Ryan Gosling is wasting his time if he's doing that blank for money. He should be doing more serious films. Uh, he shouldn't be a part of this infantilization of Hollywood. Now it's all fantasy, 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 including all the war pictures. Fantasy, fantasy. So,
4: okay.
3: But then yesterday, we can, we can fast forward to the new news, which is that yes. he then apologized and then did an about face saying, those comments were from like summer of last year. I don't know why they were resurfaced yesterday, which I don't, I, don't know, I don't know why either. And then he said, actually, I was wrong. Barbie was good. I apologize. I was working on a movie and I was just kind of speaking off the cuff a little bit. But yeah, yeah. he was and wrong. He, and Ryan had should have done movie. Barbie. And he mm-hmm. hadn't
2: seen the movie at that point. But he says once he saw it, he, he appreciated it. So, so
3: you're a man up. alone, Harvey, on this one. I'm sorry. Not, not even uh, Oliver um, Stone is with you anymore.
2: You're really gonna make me do this? I, I'm kind of with Harvey. I, wow. Barbie was like, wow. I, it was. Damn. I didn't dislike it, no, but I, I didn't. I uh, wasn't like, wow, that movie's great. I,
1: and, and to me, it was just. Uh, you all you know right, what? Don't, say get don't say it. Don't say it because I know I'm You're gonna say congratulations. <laughs> Wow, Wow! that is the latest congratulations. Godspeed. Yeah.
4: Hello, my name's Trisha and I am from Monroe, Georgia. I did take
5: the opportunity to go see that movie. I'm a little disappointed that it didn't, she didn't get an accolade on this or an acknowledgement. I thought she did a great job in the film. I enjoyed it. I'm just gonna have to say I enjoyed it. it. It took me back. There's a lot of history with
4: Barbie. Right. Um, that I don't think a lot of people put a lot of thought into.
2: By the way, what was nominated, and I, I don't know if I told you this, American Fiction is a phenomenal movie. Okay, and as long as you're
1: talking, and American Fiction was nominated, Jeffrey Wright was nominated, as he should be, you know who else was nominated, who should have been nominated? Bradley Cooper was incredible in Maestro. I didn't like the movie. <laughs> I well, thought the movie, the movie has really been nominated for, for Best thin. Picture. I know, I didn't get he it. He got nominated but for But he, best he actor. was amazing. He was amazing. Okay. He did not get Best Director either. All right, that's a real. nomination. But I, I wasn't into the movie, but he was so good.
2: Kanye West and the paparazzi have, for a long time had a very strange, tenuous relationship yes, very tenuous. Um, at times, and I guess this is sort of true of what most people's experience with Kanye West is. at times. Um, he can Kumbaya. be a very kind and happy-go-lucky guy, and at other times he is angry. Uh, Yesterday, I think, was somewhere in between, uh, because he and his wife Bianca were leaving a tanning salon, walking through the parking lot, and he noticed all the paparazzi around who were shooting him, and decided that he didn't want this to just, he didn't want them doing it the way they wanted to, he was going to direct this film, and he started doing it.
1: Over there, too. Yeah, but I don't
2: want you to do the 45 degree. Yeah, he, he falls, are you a fan? Or huh? Are you a fan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just a fan? That's okay. And he, wants, a, he wants himself shot at a 45 degree no, angle. No, he said no 45 degree angle. Oh, oh, so I thought he, he wanted, wanted someone
1: it. right at the door. And then when we get here, I want you to shoot it from here. So basically, yeah. he's Dino De Laurentiis in with the paparazzi <laughs> um, outside a tanning salon parking yeah. But I, I think
2: I think the paparazzi would say. This was a good interaction with Kanye. They're they're happy to have that
1: interaction. Yeah, we, we've seen plenty that are not. Right.
3: Well, Kanye has always ranted over the years about the fact that he is not able to profit off of paparazzi photos. So I guess if he's unable to do that, then he's trying to just use it to his advantage. He's at least gonna make them say, "All right, you gotta go to the right angles and me." Like most people, the way the way right I want the right angles to be taken. Yeah. Look, he's not any different
2: from anyone else on Instagram who wants the right angles <laughs> when their images.
1: You know, Get out there. You know what's interesting, what Jacob just said, which is Kanye has ranted over the years. Um, you know, we're doing a documentary. One of the documentaries we're doing in this series on Monday nights at nine o'clock on Fox is gonna be on Kanye West. And um, th- this is really interesting. We talked to a psychiatrist um, because Kanye has said at times he is bipolar and said at other times it was he was misdiagnosed. It's really interesting, the psychiatrist we talked to is really, really smart. Um, he told us that bi- being bipolar is one of the most misdiagnosed diseases um, in mental health and it's because you look at somebody like Kanye and you know, if somebody is having manic episodes over time, then they could be bipolar if it just surfaces from time to time. If they are constantly manic or appear to be manic, but that's their baseline, Mm -hmm. as as this person put it, it's not a bug, it's a feature. And And, and and I I think that's really, really interesting. I understand what they're saying. I just, how do we,
2: we don't know what Kanye is like all the time. And by the way, I would say that what happened yesterday, where he's directing, that was not manic at all. That's just an
1: artist who... No, I agree with you. No, no, I, I, I you know this, yeah, so no, no. I, I think this. No, no, Here, he I agree. Times where he isn't. Well, you don't have to always be at that level. But what he's saying is, if I, I it's, if there's a threat, it. a consistency over time, I think that, that it that's may. That's a very hard thing to judge. It, it whether is. they're. Oh, it is. It is consistent. But it's interesting that Kanye himself has said, "I'm that not, he's bipolar. not bipolar." Yeah. Right.
5: This is Dennis Consorte from Queens, New York. I don't know if Ye is bipolar, but he is a narcissist, and of course he tries to take control of every situation. But there's something else. Most stars, they see the paparazzi, they run, they hide, they get really bad shots because they have no control of the framing and they upset the person who has control. Ye did the opposite of that, and he got a good outcome. Whatever you think of the guy, the lesson here is you can always make the best out of every situation. Uh, Okay,
2: we're gonna move on. Yes, to Kyle Richards. She Uh, likes being photographed. She does, Uh, and she was out doing some shopping and having some lunch yesterday. Uh, When we uh, encountered her, she was out with a friend, and I think what's interesting here is one, what she's wearing, um, and then what she has to say about what is going on in her marriage. Like, are her and Maurizio working it out or not? Um, all this may come to a head this week because they are- We got opinions about this. Yeah, they are shooting the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion later this week. Gee, what do you think they're gonna ask Kyle? Well, mm. seems like she's ready for whatever they've got. I don't
5: not to ask certain things? I love you. Have you seen our show? No, they don't love do that. You. Love, you. love you, bye. Okay, bye. bye. So you're prepared to answer any questions I yep. Are you worried about the other women or Andy?
4: Interesting, you know, I, listen, she's open to a degree, but I think that a lot of fans of the show would agree that she could be a lot more open. Andy tends to get the women, in most times, he gets them to crack at the reunion. They kind of open up because they film for hours and hours on end. So they start getting exhausted. <laughs> they they get it's tired of being asked and and like, the like, same we're question. are not unlocking
1: the door until you <laughs> answer the
4: question. Right. And I'm I'm just really curious to see what he says. I think, you know, Morgan Wade's going to come up, obviously heat. the separation. Uh, there's going to be a lot to unpack in the, that very hour-long, inter, uh, hmm. hours-long reunion filming. E- 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 e-
1: here's the thing about this. Look, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I'm not positive they do, but when you look at this, I mean, they're leading separate lives. Maurizio is acting in his 20s and single. Right. It seems like they have made some decisions.
2: Sure and do- maybe I mean, the decision is that we're not going to make a final decision yet, but for now we're
1: living separate does lives. Does that look like a guy that wants to stay married? I mean, that's the question. It looks like a guy who's exploring his options. Let's put it that way.
2: <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he will end
1: up wanting to stay married, And Kyle, but he's exploring his and, options. And Kyle, you know, look, I don't know what's, what's going on yeah. with Kyle, but she doesn't, I mean, look, she says, and I'm sure they love each other, they've been together 27 years, but it feels like they're both starting a new chapter. I, I, I don't know, but that's the way it feels.
2: <music> the Ozempic Wars <laughs> continue to be waged uh, by folks in Hollywood and outside of Hollywood. Um, you know that Jillian Michaels, so I guess the first thing was Oprah admitting that she is using, she didn't say Ozempic, just using she's medi- using medication. Although she uh, initially said she wasn't, and then she backtracked. Right. So Oprah says that, then Jillian Michaels went after Oprah and said that uh, she's being irresponsible in, her, uh, in her, Jillian's eyes and saying that there are a lot of long-term side effects that people aren't either thinking about at all or for some reason aren't concerned about. And Jillian thinks that people should be really worried about this. Now the next battle, I guess, uh, comes from uh, our good pal, Dr. Terry Dubrow from uh, from Botched. Well, he actually was on Ozempic and says that Jillian Michaels has this all wrong. So joining us right now, uh, Dr. Terry Dubrow. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Terry, how you doing?
6: Hi guys, it's great to see you. Look, as a board certified physician and a certified expert for the California Medical Board, I'm not here to debate scientific and medical issues with a personal trainer, okay? (laughs) What I'm concerned about is that someone of great influence like this will limit people's interest in treating the disease of obesity with these new Miracle Weight loss drugs. What Jillian has said is that there's gonna be A, a massive fallout with the long-term use of Ozempic. People are gonna get used to it like they get used to coffee And the side effects are so bad, you shouldn't even try it. She's right. I agree about diet and exercise. Everybody should emphasize diet and exercise. But as I've told you before, this is a miracle medical breakthrough. These are not new drugs that we're waiting for a massive fallout. They have been around for more than a decade. They have been used on diabetics and now obese individuals. They are very generally safe. They do have side effects potentially but then so does Tylenol so does aspirin <laughs> and so ibuprofen but those have much worse side effects listen at the end of the day you don't get used to it like you get used to coffee okay you actually get better you get more metabolism of sugar more pancreatic secretion of insulin it does slow down your gi tract that's where you get the side effects that's where you get the nausea but these are incredibly effective, right? Obesity, as I've told you before, is a giant disease. It's the number one risk factor. It's the number one, number one. Number one, okay? Would you limit the use of chemotherapy for cancer? No. In the same way, you wouldn't want to influence people not to use these miracle drugs to treat the number one risk factor for cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer, and all causes of cardiovascular deaths. So with all due respect, talk to and listen to your physicians for scientific and medical information. So I, I'm hearing you
2: that sounds I, that I, sounds I, a I, little I, like shade, right? Like a uh,
1: doctor, I, listen to the doctor, not the physical trainer. Well but I and I get it. I mean it it totally makes sense. Obesity is what killed so many people during COVID. Obesity kills and if, if you get side effects, and I get it, that it's way less severe than if you die of a stroke or a heart attack because of obesity. My question to you is, why did you stop taking it?
6: I wanted to try it. Okay, I didn't try Ozempic, I tried Monjaro, which is the dual drug approach. It's much better than Ozempic, and by the way, Jillian, these are FDA approved and the last six months, there's been five positive articles in the New England Journal of Medicine showing how effective they are for cardiovascular disease, for fatty infiltration of liver and for kidney disease. And to get to your question, Harvey, I'm sorry, I stopped doing it because it took my appetite away so dramatically and so effectively I wanted to pig out for the holidays, okay? Do not listen to her, ladies and gentlemen. If you are obese, okay, you are at risk for major causes of mortality.
2: Terry, you know you've started a a, a huge beef when you start dropping the New England Journal of Medicine uh, on someone. Uh, Jillian is, I would imagine, is gonna have to
1: respond to that. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, I I, I gotta ask you something. Just philosophically, it feels like Now that a lot of people have found a path to losing weight effectively with Ozempic, we haven't heard people being shamed for losing weight the way we did like three years ago, because that was going on. Does this make any sense
6: to you? By the way, it totally makes sense. It's a very important philosophical point, but I think that the the difference here is we're talking about something that causes death and disease. Before we were talking about cosmetic appearances okay we're talking about body shaming just like we were talking about celebrities plastic surgery which i don't think we should talk about (laughs) this is such a bigger issue that is so much more impactful this is literally saving lives you have to understand we don't exactly know how to use these drugs yet for just weight loss, okay? They're super effective for diabetes, they're extraordinarily effective for weight loss, but for those who need to lose weight who aren't diabetic, who don't have that much weight to lose, we're just figuring out. So let's keep the dialogue going, let's talk about it, let's not shame anybody who's using these drugs. And by the way, no matter what she says, they're not going away, this is, these are the number one drugs that are gonna be on the market from pharmaceutical companies in the next 10 years. It's here to stay and we finally have a treatment for the number one cause of disease. And by the way, if you could cure diet, if you could cure obesity, as as she says, with just diet and exercise, it would have been cured already.
1: you mind if I ask him one more question? Please, go. Can we call you a scrub? A scrub? Yeah, because you're wearing. Because he's wearing scrubs. Yeah. I, I'm.
6: I well, hold on. I want to. <laughs> I want to retract my saying it was okay for you to ask
2: him another question. I, sorry, I didn't realize that's what he was gonna. Wow.
6: Well, uh, <laughs> a scrub is someone who's considered new at something, all right? <laughs> it's
2: also someone who can't get any love from me anyway. I'm kidding you. I am um, kidding you. We really appreciate hey, you coming Thanks on. so much for being with us, man. Thanks. And uh, by the way, pleasure. Botched uh, Season 8 is on Thursday nights on E! So check that out. Thanks,
4: thanks guys. I thanks, really appreciate Terry. you.
6: Thank you. Thank you.
2: That was fun. Yes. And interesting, and really interesting. (laughs) It is interesting. Uh, Okay, we're taking a break. All right, when we come back, the feud between Chris Brown and Quavo from the Migos, still going Uh, after all these years. Boy, Karrueche Tran did a number on them. Uh, We will show you how it reignited in Paris at a fashion show.
0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple.
2: Welcome back to TMZ Live. Paris Fashion Week, of course, brings together lots of
1: celebs, and we know. Look, look at us. We know Paris Fashion Week, right? Clearly, clearly. Very. I, where do you think I got this L- last season? And um, uh, Monsieur Levine, where did you? Can I, can I, buy, can I sell you a shirt? Please, can I sell you a shirt? You
2: really <laughs> need to take that off. Uh, lots of celebs in Paris for Fashion Week, but not all of them get along. So, what happens when you ended up? When you go to an event and you end up sitting right next to someone, your enemy you had serious beef with Chris Brown and Quavo found out this week as they went to an event and, Somehow, who they, did uh, this? Who seated them together? Yeah, someone seated them next to each That's other. Shame. They have a beef that goes back years, and it all has to do with the Karushi fact that they both Tran. right. They both dated her one after the other, and they don't get along. So,
4: <laughs> him and Quavo were at the Rude Men's uh, Fashion Show for Fashion Week, and they were like literally sitting right next to each other. DdG was also there. My question is: Is the person in the seating room? Was this an accident, or did they do this on purpose? Because there's just no way that you did not know that Chris Brown and Quavo yes,
2: they could know. That. I mean, that. It's been years. I mean, honestly, if you would ask me if that feud was still going, I would say, no, they've definitely squashed that. But based on what Chris said this week after the fashion show, it's still there. Uh, because his comment was, can't pick who you sit by, blank all that growth blank. Uh, I'm not fitting to fumble my bag for a little blank. His His point was. I'm not over it.
4: Yeah, I'm not over it, but I'm also not gonna allow money that I can make to go off the wayside because I have issues with Quavo. People online are pointing like he out- Sounds like wanted to
2: fight him. You I know know
4: say, people online are pointing out that Chris's body language gives, if Quavo says one thing to me, it's on and popping, <laughs> and it looks like Quavo was texting somebody like, damn, they, hit they, him? Got me sitting, hit him? they got me sitting next to Chris Brown, can you believe it? But yeah, I can't, honestly, this is all over Karuchi Tran, who uh, Chris Brown infamously dated. Uh, once they broke up, Quavo liked one of her pictures, and at that time uh, in history, Chris Brown was not allowing anybody to get around Karucci, talk to Karucci, even though they weren't together. So that sparked uh, some drama.
2: Steven Daniels, Kokomo, Indiana. They should have took that time out to just smash the beef, man. You know what I'm saying? They don't need to have that type of beef towards each other. I mean, Chris Brown, you're supposed to be a gangster, man. You publicly say that you're a pyru blood or some stuff like that. Gangsters don't do that. Gangsters don't have beef over girls, man. Come on, dude. You, what, you like 30-some years old now, <laughs> man? Okay, we're moving on. Yes, to oh uh, DJ <laughs> Holmes crazy. and Amy Rohrbach, <gasps> uh, the former GMA hosts who you know, of course, um, both ended up getting uh, canned when they found out, Disney found out that they had a relationship. So they got a podcast now,
1: yeah. and this got really personal and even testy about love and loss.
0: We've always worked together, but working with this kind of pressure over our heads is a whole other thing where. Yeah. That, okay, go okay. Yeah, Sorry. I'm just saying that pressure is a lot.
2: Oh, are you talking about the work pressure or the pressure now publicly for us to succeed as a couple?
0: Oh, see, I don't. I don't feel the pressure from the public to stay with you. I know that I know you well enough and I've spent enough time with you and I knew how I felt. And love sometimes is a choice when it's hard. It's not just a feeling. I want to be with you and I chose you. But I feel the pressure
5: of our careers that I (laughs) believe were unfairly taken from us.
1: Wow.
2: Wow. Wow. Uh, Sounds like... Amy's having some. Well, like she said, she feels like they were unfairly fired. But it also sounds uh, like she, like she's admitting. Look, I chose. I chose you, and look what I lost. Career, look what I lost over. But boy, I really want that career. Clearly,
0: this is the first sign of trouble we've seen from these guys, and this was a very awkward, uncomfortable forty-seven minute podcast of them just fighting and they need a couples therapist ASAP because there's some there's some trouble here I mean she's basically feeling this pressure of like I gave all of the all of this up for you." you and then he comes back she calls him moody at one point during this he comes back and said well I know you've had problems lately and you just stay silent even though i like I'm asking you what's wrong you just stay silent I mean these guys are getting into it for all of America to listen to, and I just, whoo, it's its dicey, guys. So
2: it's dicey, here's my, but it's also probably it's really good for really the really podcast. Really good for the podcast, and that's my right. question. Do right. you think this is planned or just comes out? Because I think it's planned. I think it's planned that we're going to have these issues out on on
1: the mic, right?
0: This is definitely... I think they really was, have yeah,
1: issues. It, I agree with you.
0: You guys, they didn't go into the studio. They were fighting at home, and they threw on some mics, and they taped this podcast in their living room, oh. so...
2: Well, then it's I' definitely mean, planned.
0: The, yeah. Right.
2: It's, it's like there's a conversation planned. at some point saying, oh, this will be good. This will be
1: good. Right. So, Katie, I guess the question is To be continued. Well, no. I mean, I guess the question is um, they're being honest about it, but they also are conscious that this podcast is doing really well. And if, her, um, if she's really concerned about r- ruining her career over the relationship, The pivot is the
0: podcast.
1: Right, so you gotta make the podcast work. That's right, and you make the podcast work by being vulnerable (laughs) and showing everything. So it all kind of combines, right?
0: Yeah, and one day when TJ just doesn't show up to tape the podcast, we'll all know <laughs> yeah.
1: that will be went real. sideways.
0: That'll be But we will still have the podcast, so. <laughs>
1: That's right. You got your career
0: back. Fine, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. You happy now?
2: As TJ says as he's walking out the door. I'm Rico Bellucci with the Urban Binge calling from New York City. I think that this is a publicity stunt. Um, I think, like Charles said, I think that this is, they have issues and it's planned to come out on the podcast. It's so many podcasts out here. We got to make this podcast work somehow. Right. I think they should call Andy Cohen though and put this on <laughs> Bravo. They may have already <laughs> Yay
6: yeah, may have
2: already. been made. Okay, we had a day break. All right, talk about souring on a relationship. When we come back, Crystal Hefner is gonna be here. She has written a book about her time married to Hefner right before his death, and she definitely is having some second thoughts. And we've got some thoughts about why would a 26-year-old marry an 80-something-year-old? Hmm, oh, we will hear from Crystal when we come back. Well, brace yourself, Uh, you may be about to witness the very first, or very last interview with Crystal Hefner. Um, Yes, Hugh Hefner's widow, uh, Crystal was of course married to him when he died in 2017, uh, has written a new memoir uh, and it's called Only Say Good Things, Surviving Playboy and Finding Myself. And yes, you see the author's name, Crystal Hefner, but in doing this book, Crystal's had some second thoughts about keeping that name. So uh, she's joining us now to talk about uh, the book, about her decision to change her name and uh, and what happens going forward in life. Crystal, welcome to TMZ Live. How are you doing?
5: Hi, good. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, congrats on the book. Do you uh, want to be referred to as Crystal Harris starting now? Um,
1: or uh, <laughs> Either way. <laughs> so tell us why. I mean, is it that it's painful to recount what you went through, what is it that's motivating you? Because you're known as Crystal Hefner, so what's motivating you to change it?
5: Um, I think just reflecting over the last five years, I guess it's been about seven years, but the last two years I've been writing the book, um, and just, yeah, just wanting to get back to myself. I feel like I completely lost myself in that place and just became what someone else wanted.
1: How did that happen? I think people are really fascinated because it's almost a fantasy land, that mansion. So what is it that made you lose yourself when you got involved in it
5: I think you quickly realize what Hef wants and needs and if you want to be around you have to conform to that you have to be Hef's mirror and you know I, I didn't know the terms then that I that I have now you know Hef wasn't <laughs> that super charming person that everyone you know that he portrayed to the outside world he was misogynistic he was narcissistic he did a lot of good but he also hurt a lot of people
1: So, you know, a lot of people um, are wondering about something that uh, maybe on reflection you can help us with. You were 21 when you met Hefner, and I believe you married him when you were 26, and he was in his mid-80s. A lot of people just don't understand that, that somebody in their 20s um, with somebody who's an octogenarian, when you look back... Does it seem weird to you? It seems weird to a lot of people. I'm wondering how you've processed it.
5: It seems very weird. And I learned that judgment in your brain doesn't fully form until your late 20s. And when I was 21, I thought I was an adult. I thought I, I knew better and knew everything, I guess, at that age. But, you know, now I'm 37 and looking back, I'm like, wow, I was so young. And, and um, yeah, it was hard.
1: I mean, were you I, – can I, can, can I don't want to get – super personal here, but were you like physically attracted to him when you married him?
5: I was not physically attracted to him. Uh, I, I, I quickly learned like somebody that wants to have group sex in the bedroom is not someone that really fully loves me. So it, it was hard trying to, trying to figure that out and navigate that.
2: Thinking back to this time, and we were around for a few years at that point, but I know Hef had proposed in I think 2010 and you actually called it off. So you clearly were having some second thoughts and it was two years later when you eventually got married. I'm wondering if you regret not following, obviously you regret it, but why didn't you follow your gut which was to call it off and instead you went back two years later?
5: I probably shouldn't have gone back in retrospect, but uh, I mean this is a time pre me too and pre-so many things that 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 are happening now. So. You know, was this feeling of Hef needs me, and he's sad without me? But really, I was—it was kind of manipulation and narcissism at its, you know, finest. Yeah. You know, I, I,
1: and and Crystal, I'm I'm asking this just because I'm just really kind of fascinated by the dynamic here. You said that you know you didn't realize that he was misogynistic and whatnot. I mean, of all the people in this country, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> with Playboy and the mansion and the bunnies and the parties but I, but and I the think, displays, I'm just curious. To those me, th- uh,
2: those things are attractive. Though I mean, at least the Playboy. I would imagine I've heard other playmates say this, Crystal, that you're you're sort of mesmerized by the Playboy lifestyle when you're a young girl and you come to Hollywood. And if that's modeling something you want to do, then you get sort of hypnotized by it.
5: Yeah, yeah, I was definitely hypnotized by it, and and also Playboy, it it was meant to be like freedom, expression, all of these things. And so you think that's what it's going to be, but I felt anything but those things. I felt completely trapped. So the messaging to the world wasn't what was happening behind closed doors.
2: Got it. Listen, excited to see what's ahead for you, Crystal. Uh, Congratulations on the book. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's important to take the time to reflect and a lot of self-discovery. I think. Sounds like this has been a very cathartic thing for you, so congratulations. Only
1: Say Good Things by the mm-hmm. currently known Crystal Hefner, soon to be Crystal Harris. Correct. <laughs> Thanks, Again. Crystal.
5: Thanks, bye.
1: It really is just the, the dynamic of it. Have you been to the Blade by Mansion, you ever go? Yes. I, I, Figured you did. Uh, Even I did. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean even I did? (laughs) We're going to take
2: a break. All right, when we come back, Rihanna at Paris Fashion Week, and she's the one fangirling. You will see the celebrity that made Rihanna stop in her tracks and say something that is classic Rihanna. (laughs) Context matters when people are using certain words. That does, Um, you're absolutely right. You
1: know, this could be a bad word and it could be a really good word.
2: But when Rihanna is delivering it as she is fangirling uh, in Paris, so Rihanna's in Paris for Fashion Week and so is Natalie Portman and they ran into each other. It certainly appears like they'd never met before and both are fans of the other and Rihanna came out with a compliment for the ages.
4: Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, oh, you. I am f- Are you kidding me? <laughs> you are one of the hottest <laughs> bitches in Hollywood forever. <laughs> <everything. laughs> you do scream. the most innocent look, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> I'm gonna black out. I love, I love you, and I listen to your
5: music all the time, and I you're just such a great. A queen shot. Oh
1: my god, Both women are so awesome. They were both so awesome. That's what I'm thinking. No, but I, that's but, not but what you were thinking. No, I swear to God, that's you what you were thinking. No, I was this really this is everything I
2: hate about Hollywood.
1: No, it's the opposite. I really like you this because I believe hate when people no, 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 no. I think this is real. I think
2: this is totally oh, real. So because, because and I agree, dude, it definitely feels genuine. So you only hate it when it's not it's real obviously fake. Yeah, I, absolutely. But I felt that was real, and I'm a huge fan of both what of them. If, what if Rihanna said or really name a song? Which song is it that you like?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, umbrella, that she would say, I would think.
4: This is Joy Daly, I am from New York City, And I just have to say that that was just like such a heartwarming uh, moment for me to see Rihanna really get excited. And now that Rihanna has endorsed Natalie Portman, well, child, I think Natalie Portman's uh, price is about to go all the way up in
6: Hollywood.
1: (laughs) At her next negotiation, she rolls out that video. Natalie is doing just (laughs) fine. She is doing just fine. Okay, what else you guys want to talk about? My name is
5: Michael, I'm from uh, Texas. I wanna talk about the uh, crazy guy that got caught stalking Taylor
4: Swift again. I mean, that's so scary to be a celebrity these days and having people follow you around. Especially someone this, you know, crazy. You have gotta be crazy to, to stalk a woman whose boyfriend is six foot six solid muscle.
1: I don't think he was there. One uh, more.
4: Hi guys, it's Christy.
0: I just wanna say it's finally happened. I agree with Kanye. Of all the wacky things he's done, The paparazzi being directed by him on how to take his pictures, it makes sense. Although I don't really agree with the 45 degree angle thing. I mean, that seems like the best way to take the picture.
1: Maybe he should talk to Kim about Uh, that. I don't think that's gonna happen. All right, when we come
2: back, Madonna hits the stage at Madison Square Garden and she's brought some backup. Question is, if you're in the crowd, are you excited about this guest performer? I know how you feel about this video we're about to play. Um, and I would say, if you got beef with it, take it up with Beyonce. I think this is her fault. But Madonna oh, I, I don't uh, was performing with her. last night at Madison Square Garden and brought someone out to accompany her. Her daughter, Mercy, who at 18 years old is a, a very accomplished pianist. Yep. Maybe this isn't going to be an every night thing. Maybe it's only because it was Mercy's birthday um, and she turned 18, so that's a big deal. Yeah, so that's a big deal. But, but I just got to think Generally now,
1: speaking, you don't there's like There's a whole to bring thing now where every performer wants to bring up a kid or a relative. I mean, is it okay if they're
2: part of the touring group? Like Blue Ivy was a dancer with it. So that how did she get the job? You know, I'm sure she had to audition. <laughs> <laughs> See you tomorrow everybody. I can't even say that.